listening to the Anthcast episode three. Pump day of Robot Week. Who knew we'd make it this far? I'm surprised we have. I know, but we- here we are. I'm Josh. I'm JD. Talking about literature. Yeah, week three. I mean, day three. Don't week three. Oh man. It feels like it, it feels like week three, doesn't it? I'm sure everyone else feels like month three. Oh God! Day three literature. I like it. I can't take any more of this. <laughs> no more robots. If I hear so robot, many robots. I'm going to murder someone. Maybe I'll get a robot. To that do was it. my impression of my robot. Thinking of what he's going to do to me. Right. Once he hears it, I don't, I don't own him. a robot. No, I don't own a robot. I do own Alexa. You do own Alexa. Oh, she just came on. Alexa's in the room, by the way. Who is Alexa, Josh? Uh, Alexa is the Amazon Echo that I just got. I guess, I don't know if it's technically a beta program. I don't know. I don't know either. Any, any who, Maybe it's an alpha program. She's this, this spiffy black cylinder. Uh, maybe about what ten inches high. I think that's about, a good estimation. Uh, three inches in diameter, three and a half inches in diameter. Surely, um, but not well. That's diameter, not Di- circumference. No, 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 no. Anyway, don't sell her short. No, no, no. <laughs> no. She's quite helpful. Um, uh, anyway. We may ask her questions throughout each show through the rest of the week. She's I, here to help us if we need she her. She is here to help us. Uh, she is an example of, well, I guess AI can apply. Uh, you ask her factual-based questions, and she returns. Factual-based answers. Factual-based answers. Uh, she can give me the forecast uh, and things like that. Um she can answer questions uh, that are very important. Uh, you know, Alexa, what is the square root of 12? Well, square root is 3.46. 3.46. There we go. If you didn't know that, now you do. I, you may have not heard her. Uh, she's not very loud. I can turn her up later when we ask her yeah. a more poignant question. But uh, she'll be here. She may chime in from time to time. You never can tell. Yeah. Her presence is welcome. Her presence is welcome. Uh, but but AI, robots, literature, isn't that most of where all, all of the media uh, and, and arts examples that we've got on our list of things to talk about really stems from literature? Is not, is not the, the original pool of thought for robots. Uh, for for anything, really. Literature. Literature. I would agree because that's the medium that you would use to record it and that has been around the longest. The longest. Of, I mean, music maybe so, but I would think that literature would be a precursor to that. Okay. Uh, so let's just jump right in. Um, Why don't we? Uh, I'll go first. I appreciate that. Let's, yes. Let's start with you, and then I'll try to make sure nobody... Um, there's so many examples. Uh, I mean, again, Asimov it basically wrote the Bible. And there's so many books in that robot series. There, there are. That we felt that was too obvious. And it's been... Honestly, it's been very difficult to narrow it down to things that are just robotic in nature that 
aren't also um, something like in the nature of an Android or, or a, a cyborg, cyborg type story because there's a ton of that kind of stuff. And we have chosen to differentiate we between have the three. Right, wrong, or indifferent. That's what we did. And uh, so Asimov... Uh, he, one of the the first example, and I'm actually not going to go into a lot of detail uh, because I really don't, uh, I don't want to really give anything away because it's 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 not something you've ever seen before because it's a screenplay uh, that was never produced, and mm. that was the screenplay for I Robot. Mm. It was written by Harlan Ellison. Okay, which have you read anything by Harlan Ellison? Not that familiar? I'm aware of. Oh. Well, you're in for a treat. I'm looking forward to this uh, treat. He is. Um, well, you know, it's kind of a. It's he. He usually gets a mixed reaction. A lot of. Um, a lot of. I think a lot of people. Either, it's. It's one of those. Either you love him or you hate him. It's kind very of thing. Polarizing. It's very polarizing. Hmm. Uh, I would say that his writing is very emotional. Um. Uh. It, it's. Like, it's evocative. So it evokes emotions from you. It's yeah. not that he is super emotional while he's writing, or what well, do you mean? I, you know, I would say that when you look at, when you actually break down the words that he's using, it's very visceral. It's very uh, uh, punch in the gut kind of, kind of style of writing. It okay. just really kind of reaches out and grabs you. Whereas maybe some styles of writing are more thought provoking. From a it, this this the how do I say this? The aesthetic of the words on the page uh, elicits an emotional response as opposed to a thoughtful response. Does well, that why, make sense? Sure, but why wouldn't people like that? Because when you're reading fiction or a story, don't you want to feel it like you're there? Or... Well, let me explain oh, okay. that oh. because well, maybe I'm he's, the from a, he's from a maybe uh, – a generation that was maybe not as uh, friendly to uh, the la- the ladies of the world. Oh, uh, he may be a little misogynist. Uh, so, did you bring him up on purpose? I didn't. Okay, I, uh, it's just a happy accident. Just a happy accident. Okay, now, he's a great writer. It's it. It's just that I think the biggest argument against most of his work is that he just. It just doesn't portray women in a very favorable manner. They're they they're very wouldn't be alone. One dimensional. <laughs> That's true. Okay. That's true. But he's also regarded as uh, probably a master uh, in the science fiction writing community. Interesting. One, one of I get our grandmaster, if you will, maybe up there with Asimov and Heinlein and, and oh wow, and those kind so of guys. the the classics that everybody yeah. should read. One well, I haven't read it. I and feel and and bad. he and he's uh, so he's written a lot of short stories, okay. uh, and then he did a lot of um, uh, television as well. Okay, and uh, so and we won't get into that, but. Because we're talking about literature. Either you know or you can look it up. But we're talking about robots in particular. And he wrote the screenplay for iRobot. And this thing was massive. And so a lot of people regard it as maybe the greatest science fiction film that was never made. Hmm. Um, it's quite a claim. It is quite a claim. And, and yes, that's – okay, whatever. That's uh, your opinion. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say that. Especially since it has never been made. Exactly. But – you read it and it really it it captures 
very well this this world that Asimov created and then boils it down in such a way. And Asimov had nothing but good things to say about it himself. And these guys were friends. Um, but it, it's a good read. And uh, okay. so it's it's iRobot, the illustrated screenplay. It, it Actually, there, there are some illustrations in there that are just quite concept, fantastic. Concept art, you might say. Some concept art, okay. yeah. Um, but it, I should point out that uh, the reason I bring that up is because um, – you know, I th- I thought one of the things we could bring bring uh, on this podcast is a sense of not just talking about things that everybody else talks about, and because then we'd be everybody we, else. we'd be everybody else. But maybe bring maybe bring some things to light or uncover some things that maybe not everybody knew about uh, that uh, some things that needed attention that haven't gotten the attention. Um, and, uh, those are the type of things I love to listen to mm-hmm. whenever someone has any kind of information and it's like, huh, you know, I never thought of that before. I never heard of that before. Or that sounds interesting. Let me go investigate that. Thought-provoking. So, Thought-provoking, uh, just something, just unearthing things that, uh, you, you weren't aware of before. Sure. And so because they made the movie iRobot with Will Smith, and I know I, I, I don't want to talk about this too much because no. we delve into movie, uh, movie day, which is later in the week. Look forward to uh, that. Two completely different things. Not okay. the the iRobot movie actually takes and throws out most of Asimov's books, uh, most of that book, and basically just keeps the three laws, and that's it. Right. Um, I have other opinions on that movie, but <laughs> today's not, not that day. This is not today's not that day. So, I, you know, if you're looking for something that's a pure ro- robotic story that, you, you know, and you really – you have to, to kind of get out outside of it's, – it's, it's like reading Shakespeare. Not, okay, it's not as good as Shakespeare. And, but, <laughs> but the point of Shakespeare is it's meant to be performed. And so you have to kind of me- be mentally prepare yourself as you're reading it because you're, when you read any screenplay – I don't know if you've read a screenplay before. Oh, oh, of course. It's not like reading a novel. No. you no, got to no, no. fill in some blanks. I mean it does help, but you have to really picture the things uh, uh, in your mind and fill in those blanks. And it's it, it, it sometimes can be a little bit drier read than uh, a straight-up uh, uh, narrative. I think so, it gives you more of an opportunity, though, to use your imagination. It does. Because there's clear instructions like this person is walking to this room and at this point says this. And, and that's why I think I enjoyed it because I, I looked at it as such, as, okay. as a blueprint for, uh, you know, if this if this material got in the right hands. If I was a director, right. this is what I would do. It, absolutely. And I think that, you know, because of that, it allows you to step into that role of well, you know, if this was got into the right hands, this really, really could have been something. Movie, but it was massive. It probably would have been so not George four Lucas hours. No, no, gosh, no. Okay, different, different day. Oh, that's. I feel that topic is going to be a two uh, or three. That may be Star Wars month. Yeah, we we maybe we're not ready for that. So check it out, iRobot, the illustrated screenplay by uh, Harlan Ellison. Uh, speaking of Harlan Ellison, and I'm I'm going to step all over you and keep going because I don't okay. want to lose this thought. Oh, please uh, do. He, one of his short stories that I read long long time ago that's basically about a supercomputer uh, that uh, becomes sentient. So we're we're really talking about a machine. We're talking about something that is a robot. 
Uh, it is, uh, I have no mouth and I must scream. If you've not read that short story. Wait, wait, wait. Can you say that again? I have no mouth and I must scream. Okay. So that really sets the tone right there. Yeah. If you don't know what you're getting into that, that, wow. Uh, so long, uh, short, That's profound, short story, short, I don't want to give too much away. Um, but Ooh, it is very visceral. And it is uh, you. We were talking about uh, Fear Factory and mm-hmm. ops, this concept of obsolescence, obsolescence and, yeah. and, and machines have taken over. This short story is like that to uh, turn up the dial to eleven. But it's just one machine. It is one machine. There were three. So there was a world war. Okay. And there were three supercomputers. Uh, 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 the United States had one. China had one, and Russia had one. Which, by the way. Kind of makes sense because those are those really even today even today those are the superpowers. Yeah, the right? rest of the countries that listen to this, sorry. And this guy wrote this like in the oh, I want to say it was the late sixties. Is that when you oh, read it? Don't please don't quote me. It'll be in the show notes. Check the show notes. That's not when I read it. In the <laughs> get at it, get the hell out of here. Anyway, it's okay. Any, it's okay. Anywho, moving on. Moving on. All right, keep going. I didn't mean to distract you. Super depressing. Uh, so one of them becomes sentient, and he absorbs the other uh, computers. So he's three times as super. He is three times as super, and because he's so super, and because he becomes sentient, and basically he he gets to the point where he's like, okay, I am aware of myself now, and I am aware that I've been created by man, but I hate man, and here's why. Because I can't do I, I am aware, but I cannot experience like you do. So I, I have, you know, we, we, I think we take for granted at times that we have flesh and bone and we have, have these experiences and, 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 and touch points and emotions and things that we can actually then act upon. But this really, if a robot did become sentient and they lived inside of a box, ooh, that would be kind of frustrating because it's like I want I I'm aware of all these things I that want I can to do and feel, these, but I, yeah. I can't literally do that. And so he hated mankind to the point where, after he absorbed those other two supercomputers, he committed genocide against the entire Earth and left five people, four men, one woman, and kept them alive indefinitely. Wow. Because he, he had gained the knowledge to where he could repair them, kept them from committing suicide, and kept them alive, and basically tortured them, changed who they were, and gave them different characteristics. I don't want to ruin it, but... Forever. He, for, for Forever. Wow. And, um, yeah, so it just, it, it, it devolves from there. It is a very heady, heady story. I would think if you had a mouth, you would scream all the time then. Well, I mean, don't 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 give away the ending. I don't want to give away okay. the ending, but the end, the 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 I I have no mouth and I must scream is in reference to one of the human characters at at some point in the story toward the end. There's a reason why he can know he no longer has a mouth, and why it just. Think that this this thing is hates humanity so much that, that he away. continues to ter- terrorize and torture. It's taken these away people. its ability to even emote, emote out loud. Yes. How something as primal as basic because babies babies scream, sure, babies cry. Why? Because that's the only means of communication. The only 
That's the only thing I know how to do. Right. So it's to get turned your the human kind of into what it is. It's trapped inside this little box, unable to do the things that it could before. So. It's almost like you read the story. No, I have not read the story. I know you haven't read it, and and I will say yes, you are going down the. Right. It's not exact. Okay, it's not exactly that, but you're going down the right path. So and I need so to read the. Story. I think you do. I'll read. I it. think you do, and I think those out there in listener land. <laughs> have not read that uh it is super depressing it really is but is very well written and and very thought-provoking interesting i have no mouth and i must scream wow and that was ellison harlan ellison harlan ellison okay um all right pull the knife away from, <laughs> from your wrist uh take the noose around your neck you and i went in way different directions when we went didn't uh, we oh my goodness uh Maybe maybe I'm just not as depressed as you, but <laughs> we'll look at that segue, and it wasn't even planned. You are repressed. <laughs> I am repressed, and I'm regressing. And, you, and these ears, listeners' ears are about to be oppressed. <laughs> oppressed. <laughs> I think they're about to be opened. Okay. Uh, we're talking about robots in literature, and the name of the robot, you know, I, I went with a character, not with a general overall story. Okay. No, that's cool. So That's fine. The story, uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, yes. Know. Classic. 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 You know, and they the five novels originally. One came out later. Oh, wait. Let me stop you for a sec- second. Alexa, volume 10. Alexa, what is the answer to everything? A traditional answer is 42. There you go. See? You should know what that means there if you've you go. read... The Hitchhiker's Guide. But the character that we're speaking of <laughs> specifically is Marvin the Paranoid Android. And I know we've already stated multiple, multiple uh, times that androids and robots are different. I think this is a misuse of the term android because I see him as a robot. He serves the purpose uh, of a robot. Don't think he's an android. Uh, well, he, he is he hu- mm, he may be humanoid. But... I don't think he's humanoid. All the representations we've seen of him on the original TV series and then in the movie, it's that clear came that out, he's not human. He's not human. And he the... has arms and legs, but I think robots can have arms and legs. And, but the definition of android is something that is made to look like a human, and he is not. So. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Okay. I'll allow it. But <laughs> he's one of my favorite robot characters in literature just because of the humor that comes along with the fact that he's so depressed. So depressed all the time. His uh, description is that his brain is the size of a planet. Oh, gosh. He's at least 50,000 <laughs> times smarter than a human being. And the reason he's depressed is because there's nothing that he can do ever that's going to take him more than a second of thought. Like, okay, <laughs> he's just depressed. And whenever they talk to him, he's like, I, oh, yeah, whatever. I can do this. I don't care. God, I'm so depressed. And it's <laughs> basically, and there's examples of him. Like he, he talks to a computer in a police car and while they're talking, the police car becomes so depressed that it commits suicide and kills itself because it was talking to because him. it was talking to Marvin. And then That's later, awful. uh, he's talking to a bridge and the bridge does the same thing. Decides, oh, now I'm so depressed. I'm just going to kill myself. <laughs> yes. And it kills itself. And everyone this. on the bridge kills itself. And, of course, it works in the story to right. where the people, our heroes and the main characters are then saved by the fact that Marvin is so, so depressed. But <laughs> but that's an interesting take because why is he depressed? Because 
because there's nothing that challenges him. There's nothing that can even that can even make him do anything hard at all. Like nothing is hard for him. Everything's easy and he sees no point in life. He's able to solve oh, here's another thing. He's able to solve all the world's problems three times over in a matter of seconds, except for his own problem, which makes him even more depressed. That is that is making me depressed now. <laughs> I know. Well, it's not as depressing <laughs> as what you were talking about. Well, that's true. But, but there's a happy ending. Towards the in uh, the second to last book is the last time we see Marvin because he's been. I mean, I'm not going to spoil it on everything, but he, he, they find out. You know, they meet with God and he get they get the answer to the question. You know, forty two, and that's not the answer they get. Oh, but but I thought that was the answer to everything. Yeah, this is a different answer. Oh, you, so you need you need you need to catch up on the book. All, all is not all is not all. All is not all. All Re- is not all. Reread, but um, after they get the answer from God, um, right before Marvin breathes his last, if you know, not really breathe, but he says, "I think I'm okay with it." And that's the only time we've ever seen him cheery ever. Hmm. And it's the only time. And then, you know, he's done. And then everybody realizes that he's gone and that they actually miss him, which I think would make Marvin finally happy because so long he's felt like, oh, nobody wants me around. Nobody wants to hear what I have to say. I'm only here as a tool to be used, but it's not challenging for me. You know, as you're sitting here talking, I'm imagining everything that you're saying that Marvin's would would say right. in Alan Rickman's voice, of course, inside my head. I'm very glad they got him because to do that, that is movie. the most morose <laughs> mofo. <laughs> I know there's never, <laughs> there's never ever a role he's done where you're not like, man, oh my gosh, how does he? He's three breaths away from killing himself. I'm telling you, <laughs> just it's, and and even lo- even oh, I mean, okay, we gotta be careful here. We'll delve into a whole another segment, right? But There's that, gonna be an Alan Rickman week. There has oh, to be. Oh my gosh! Well, we need to in the show notes. We're gonna put future topic ideas and let you guys vote. That's right. We we're not opposed to suggestions. voting suggestions. We do take direction. Uh, not well, but, but we do take direction. I mean, if our adoring fans are clamoring for something, uh, so Marvin, uh, you know, I think that still ties in though with what we're talking. Even though our, both of our instances were seemingly very far apart right um well different he had hatred for himself it sounds like in the sense that his abilities were limited so i mean he 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 really served no purpose he felt like he didn't have a purpose i mean although he did Mm. But it, w- I could see how it would be very frustrating. And the reason – I didn't mention this, and I meant to. The reason he felt that emotion is because they put something in him to give him human He emotions. did have the human emotion. Okay. human emotions thing. And so it would be depressing. But not the happy emotions, no, though. No, all emotions. Oh, really? He could have any emotions, but he landed on depressed. <laughs> because of his, his – limit. Well, really, it was a limitation, right? Because yeah. he – yeah, so he couldn't solve his own he couldn't problem, solve his own which problem. was that he was – too efficient. Yeah, he was too good at what he did. Too good at his job. Well, look at kids in school. You know that that are so smart that they act out. They act out because mm-hmm. they they have no other outlet. They they they're just they, the. It's almost like, for lack of a better term, the material or or the class is beneath them, and so 
It's like it's not challenging enough. Right. Uh, and I think even for me, if something wasn't challenging enough, I, I feel myself begin, my, beginning to wander. Absolutely. Um, I, you cannot get me to focus on something that I'm not challenged by or at least interested by. Yeah. And so in school, that was and a that's And that's a human emotion Absolutely. for sure. Um, fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah, they need to keep my attention. Otherwise, the consequences I cannot predict. Cool. So, All right, so there, there's something to add to your reading list. Uh, five books, <sighs> a screenplay, and a really morose. Yeah, well, my, but at least my story is short. That's, I, I know. <laughs> I, I'm giving you novels, five novels, and a radio show, and a television show. You're welcome. That's right. I planned your uh, summer holiday. Okay, so episode four will be tomorrow. We're going to be talking about robots. Robots again. On the small screen. On the small screen. Television. TV. Tune in tomorrow, and uh, what, what are we going to talk about? Do we know? Oh, I think we have a general idea. Oh, let it, let's let it be a surprise. Yeah, you. let's let it teaser it's going to be on tv there you go all right see you tomorrow